Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inside the Orange podcast. First of all, I want to say a massive, massive thank you to Kelly Barker and Born Anxious for coming on the podcast last week and, and talking about their journey and where they've got to be, where they've got to be today. And we love them and we're a massive, massive supporter of that brand. And that's why we wear them on the podcasts every week. Today's episode is going to be a slightly different format. The, the idea when I came back this season was to do all interviews. So this is different because for people that are regular listeners to the podcast, you'd know that I like to do an interview and maybe a solo episode to talk about the inside the orange and and how I want it to kind of go into the world. But what I did this year was I've used the experts in the world to help me and help understand that vision. And that starts us so well with that one word, vision today. So my guest is Dr. Oleg Konovalov, and he talks about leadership and vision from the business perspective and how businesses can get such a, a strong message from their vision and such, such a very good focus from their vision and something that it's all, a, all about people buying in to vision, but making sure that message is one that people want to buy in in the first place. And that vision is clear and concise. And we had an absolutely amazing, amazing conversation. And it educated me so much on just what we think of as vision in the business world. Before that, here's some links to help you get in touch with the podcast. To get in touch with the podcast, you can find us inside the orange.co.uk. You can email us at insidethisorange at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Orange Watts, Orange, W-H-A-T-S. On Instagram, Inside the Orange. On the Inside the Orange podcast Facebook page. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Richard Stevens, motivational speaker and creator of the Inside the Orange. All these links will be available in the description and show notes. So my guest today is uh, Dr. Oleg Konovalov. Um, I met him uh, via uh, an introduction from a friend, from uh, someone that knows both of us. And I was really interested in his work with vision, uh, the vision code being one of, one of his works uh, and how that kind of relates to leadership. So I'm pleased that he's joined me here today. So um, Dr. Oleg, Welcome to the Inside the Orange podcast. How's your day been so far? Richard, thank you for inviting. And thanks to Meredith for connecting us together. It's great. You know, if you're looking forward, it's always great. 
it's, it's much better than you looking backwards, even just like something great was said, but it's already gone. No, 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 it's a very interesting point. It's love. Let's have the past, but let's not dwell on it. Let's look at the future and look at look at the now. We'll get to that in a minute, because I think that's quite an important part of what you talk about is, is being in the present. Um, so tell us about how you got into the vision, the leadership works, because does it start? Am I right in saying it starts way back in the fishing industry? Is that a fair kind of connection? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually a very interesting industry because it's fairly unpredictable. You can't predict weather, you can't predict season, you can't predict your catch, but still you need to survive and uh, you need to learn how to work on uh, scarce resources. And it's industry with a lot of responsibilities because look at the, any skipper, any. It's about him getting fish and bringing all his crew back home in one piece with money, you know. And it goes far beyond just being a duty assigned UI skipper. You know, you're the, the smartest guy on board. No, it's about truly leading people and uh, feel fully accountable for what you do, what you could promise them. And that is quite important because it's not about reports. It's about true care for people, true knowledge of what you do and true competences. Yet you see, even when we say it's fairly unpredictable, you need to have some kind of a certainty with what you do. And uh, in this world, which is absolutely uncertain, you know, I even can't imagine what my wife would, would tell me in the morning. I don't want to predict, you know, but vision is the most certain thing because I know that this is the core of my life and I will fight for it. It's one of the questions I'm asking my clients or my course participants, one of the first questions. If you think of your vision, would you commit, would you fully commit yourself to it? And of course, it's greater than ever any problem that you are facing now. It's your greatest asset. And of course, you will commit yourself. So would you kill for it? Yes, I will kill for it. <laughs> you know, uh, that is quite important because this is a certainty that we create ourselves. It defines the purpose of our life. It, defi it defines uh, our why, why we should do something beyond ourselves. It's a mean for breaking out of non-satisfactory present. It's a ladder to success. It defines, uh, it's a huge magnet that gets people together uh, because if you have a true vision, it's so powerful, it's so full of energy that it brings people together because they see the value for themselves. But hardly we talk about visions these days in a way as a mission statement, something nailed to a wall, you know, just some kind of a fancy thing. More or less, think for a moment, you placed a, a nice post on a wall. Within a day or two, you could change the wordings and people still would be passing it without even noticing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it happens, doesn't it? It happens everywhere. 
it's probably people paying more attention to road signs rather than to those statements mm. nailed to the wall. So it's a waste of time because the statement, our mission statement, it's my promise to a society what I will do positive on a way or on a journey to my vision. Mm. So more or less, I will do something great, but I still would be nice to my neighbors. Yeah, no, that, that's real. When, when it comes to, so obviously, you know, you have got such a, a, a learn, you learn a lot from the days on, on, the, on the boats and from the skippers. Do you see, so the, the size of the, of the boats and the size of the teams, did that matter to the skippers? Did the better skippers get more team or is that irrelevant when it comes to a boat? Is it about what you're doing yeah. more than who you're with kind of thing? Absolutely. Because uh, not much difference because... If you are a truly capable leader, it's not much difference where you're taking care of 10 people or 1,000 people. Uh, I know great leaders with teams of more than 1,000 people. And they know personally, personally very well, more than a sort of their people. And of course, they know the rest of their teams. Maybe not to such a greatest extent. But I know leaders who might got like, 50 people, and they know very little about them. They're just like yeah. digits. Yeah. No, it's not about this. It's about where we do we go together. And uh, you see, it's, it comes to the greater your vision, the greater your responsibility. And the core of leadership is acting for people, acting with people, and acting for their needs. As I grow, I could do something greater to satisfy more people, to make, uh, to create a value for them and help them to create the value for themselves and for others. And in this sense, your limit is only your mindset. Because if you could set up greater goals, you could serve more people. So your mindset, whether you're envisioning the future and you're fighting for it, is only a limit. So obviously that, that's a that's a really interesting um kind of It does it does it does say a lot from, from the industry and why I suppose it does connect very well from what you've done. Um, when we talk about your work, though, it's you've, you've been described as the da Vinci of visionary leadership. Now, I remember we spoke about this and you were like, yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's what I've said. Why, why, why did you continue to feel that there was a need to take this from your past into, into the business world? How, how much are businesses not aware of their vision? Or, or maybe, sorry, that's a bit of a wrong question, but... Richard, that's, that's a tough question. And in this sense, I'm not very diplomatic because I, for me, it was a shocking truth to realize through my research that less than 0.1% of modern leaders have vision. The truth is, it's actually 0.08, something like, you know, and I just rounded it to be a bit more diplomatic, you know, just like to be nicer to people. <laughs> 
because majority of leaders, they talk about reports, they're talking next financial periods, uh, bottom line, personal ambitious, uh, they all want, oh, they, they can't predict, what, or they're not thinking about the next year or three years ahead, but they want to be millionaires or billionaires within a short report period. It doesn't work. Who would support you? Because that's your personal ambitions. You're exercising your ego. Great, but I'm not interested in your ego. You know, because that's, that's a very tough truth. We are like hamsters in a wheel. We're repeating the same old mistakes. And uh, even think, whatever the newspaper you would open or business magazine or articles on the internet, they're talking more or less about the same companies or the same people again and again and again. Those people with vision who are breaking through the barriers. And there are not so many of them. Yet it's not, vision is not a gift. It's a, it's a very interesting, beautiful algorithm, how to think about the future, how to create it and make it a reality. So it's nothing about being gifted. It's about thinking about the future in pragmatically. Vision is very pragmatic. It's not illusion. It's not just a promise. It's, it's a clear algorithm how to create it. Because even think from very beginning, it starts. Vision comes when your conscious awareness of a problem you want to solve for a benefit of others reaches its peak. So you become very focused on what you do. And your people become focused as well. So performance is there, effort is there, commitment is there, clear solution is there. So it attracts investments, it attracts people, right people, market open its doors, it works. With, with Vision, is there a, a little bit of a paradox though, from what you're saying that people, obviously a business needs money to work straight away, but do we get that kind of instant need for money that we then lose sight of our vision? Is that something that happens a lot? How do we because, fix that problem? <laughs> oh, look, I love watching this dragon den, you know, and quite often I notice that those people got enough time to get ready for the show and uh, one of the of course questions is okay you're asking for such and such amount of, amount, uh, of money in exchange for such and such equity why do we need this money and then it's like long poses sniffs and stuff like that so we don't know much well we don't need to spend on marketing and stuff like that hey when you clearly know what do we need those things become uh, absolutely clear. Because you, the first thing you bet, I need a lot of money, why? You are looking for a lot of resources, money included, when you don't know what do you need. It's like, okay, we're flying somewhere on holiday, so we don't know whether it's north or south, so we'll take a, a winter coat and a t-shirts. When you clear what you need, 
you need less resources because you are sharp, clear where you go. And so you're coming to those things. Why do we need such and such amount of money? Oh, to spend on. Instead of thinking, hey, we need to promote or we need to employ or we need to develop or we need to create certain things and it will cost us such and such amount of money. You are clear on those things. It's not like about you go shopping and you're saying, hey, I have 100 pounds and I will spend all that money on, on some kind of food in a supermarket. Instead of saying, I need milk, bread, sausages, meat, and it, in fact, it will come to about 25 quid. Yeah. I, I, this time, more efficient, you're clear. And do you, and do you think that is time? Do you think people don't spend the time where they should of actually making that vision concise? They just think, well, <laughs> this hey, 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 Richard, don't, don't jump into that area because time is not relevant. It's about okay. energy. Because when we talk vision, we talk about quality. Can you, when you see a beautiful piece or a beautiful car, do you think about the time or you think about energy? You think about energy. I met a lot of people with very expensive watches and most times they are usually late to the meetings. It's nothing about time. It's about energy that I will commit because you create a value through a simple formula. Value for people multiplied by effort of all people who involved in creating that value. There is no time in this thing because I will commit myself fully. And if it's done, it's done. If it demands more effort to complete that task, I will put more effort. But if I'll say, hey, I got 72 hours to complete this, and that's the limit, then I will deliver a crappy job. And that's one of the things people say, no, no, we need to have, have it fixed by the end of the next month. But if it's not ready, or you do some kind of a dodgy war. Yeah. In, in, in this, so I, I get it. And we're going to get onto your book because obviously the vision, the vision code is, is your book and it's available from, from Amazon. We want to talk about that. The, the point, the one thing I just want to go back to though, and you said it's not about time, but how can you translate that as a sale to a business? Because as much as you're saying it's not about time, it's hard when, you, when you're, when you're a, something that's got a need for something, surely all you think is time. How do you make people think, well, no, it's the energy, not the time. How do you translate that as a sellable thing to a business? Do you know what I mean Monk, with that? Yes. What kind of a result you promising people? So what are the metrics of your vision? The metrics would be, I will change somebody's life or I will create something, some kind of a solution for people that they would use. And it's all about that energy. I can't promise people time. If I'm contracted as a coach or a consultant, yes, we have a time frame 
like, okay, that this is an annual contract. That's fine, but it's about result. And the result comes from the energy that I will put there and my client will put there. If we need, we'll spend more time because it's more energy need to be added. But if I will promise, okay, I will talk with you for an hour, that's it. Regardless where you understood the, the subject or not, the result is not there, but I have tried. Nothing about this. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. You know, just like we've been watching all those uh, Olympic Games in Tokyo recently. Mm -hmm. Think of every Olympian. They might be running for 10 seconds or their fight is for a couple of minutes or, you know, their race is just for about an hour. Can we precisely calculate how many hours or days they put through their training into that gold medal? That's a really interesting point. There was and it's about their effort, continuous effort. Mm. It's not about, hey, I have trained for so many days, I must win. Mm. No. You Energy is about effort. It's about commitment until the last moment when they say, done, mm. celebrate and go to the next one. I, I see that because there was a thing recently I've seen about Usain Bolt, you know, saying that he, he's run two minutes. He's, he's, of, of his um, Olympic history, he's run for two minutes. And that's In total? Yeah, 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 from his races. But actually, the 20 years of work he's put in to do that, to become the best for those two minutes of his life. I totally, I, I get that. It's a really good analogy. I appreciate you kind of yeah. <laughs> helping me see that. Yeah. Because automatically it, you think time. Automatically, as a person sat here listening, you think time. But yeah, time is very relative, isn't it? But actually the energy you put in will decide the result. Another example, mm. why thousands and thousands of people are going to this football stadium to watch a game, I don't know, between those famous teams. <laughs> Are they just go, go over there to waste their 90 minutes? No, they're about to feel that energy that created within 90 minutes by those phenomenal players. Mm, I love that. That's, yeah, that, that has educated me because as I say, my, my mind straight, went straight to time, but actually, Let's think energy. Let's think about that. You no. can't define time with things. Actually, you define what, what you put into things is what you get out of things, isn't it? I suppose. Time is is very interesting indicator. But if you think, for instance, you must be very clear what your present is. What is your present? And when many people think, oh, today is the 32nd of February. Come on. It's a calendar date. Even the wrong one, you know. When you think of a space of an energy where I am now, it's very, very different. No, yeah, I, I get that. I, as I say, I appreciate the fact we've actually had this conversation because it's actually, yeah, it, it, it makes sense now. Obviously, and that that's the idea. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about the vision code, the book. 
Um, oh. Yeah. Well, we, we should. As I, say. I love the book. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you wrote it, so that's a good idea. It's good for you to like it. <laughs> Actually, do. I don't use any host writers, or I do my books myself. Because <laughs> that's good. It, you know, writing a book is a very interesting process. It's not about what you have put on the paper. It's in a way how my work impacted me. If it makes me stronger, better, I don't know, advanced in something, that was probably putting it on a paper. Mm, I totally agree. Do you, I, I, I spoke to someone else who's writing a book recently, and I said, "Did you do you write how you would say it as you speak it?" Now, obviously, there is differences with 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 writing text to, to, to speak in but mm -hmm. I said he said yeah he said exactly the same thing he said yeah you know because these are my experiences and I think that's when we write well and when we understand our own self and we want to sh and, and, and share the knowledge we want to share people how you understand it because that's the best way to get it across is it not yeah but I have even advantage being in one room with uh, global visionaries you know uh, I brought 19 brilliant minds into that book and I shared their quotes, their experiences, because it's not only about my opinion. My opinion is probably valuable to my wife, you know, to my son, you know, to some extent. <laughs> but when you see, okay, there are different views because people from different countries, from different experience, uh, industries, they have different experiences and they view it from different angle and for instance, I could I always offer discussion from multiple angles because uh, you might admire one way. Somebody would look from another angle and it must reach the hearts and minds of readers in terms of, aha, I understood this way. I'm not very happy with that way, but I understood this and so I will use it into practice. But when I'm pushing my own opinion, as always would be a single dimension or a single point of view, which is not as rich as needed. No, but it's it's still important to be your take, isn't it? It's still, you know, you, oh, yeah. from what you take from the 19 other visionaries, it's still oh, yeah. going to be special to you. You're going to take Of that. course. Absolutely. Hey, that's a brilliant because look, I have learned Every interview is like the best in the world one-to-one -one coaching session. You just like for free. And you talk with people, they share their, you know, insights and you think, hey, aha, uh -huh, I know this better now. And I go to apply it. Ooh. Well, that's a privilege. Welcome to my <laughs> podcast. That's exactly what I love doing. I love sitting and listening exactly. to people who engage me. <laughs> so that's why I enjoy it. And I want to share it on the world. Um, yeah. We, let, let's talk about the book so without giving too much away because people need to go and read it you know we, but we'd like to talk about it you talk about a practical algorithm for vision can you give oh, yeah. us some insights so you know vision vision to me is visual it's about you know seeing something. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> come on educate me again <laughs> uh visual is somebody a bad at visualizing somebody less oh you know not as good at but it's clear construct, thought construct, because I'm constructing a clear future. Because uh, vision is our aspirations for the future that we strive to make a reality today. 
But in fact, it's a, I'm creating a multidimensional space in that future, which is pragmatic, achievable, it's actionable. And so it would, the people who would get involved in it, they are reaping the results, the benefits. And uh, my aim is to make others the co-owners of vision. It's not just like, look at this nice picture. Do you like it? Yes. Tomorrow it will be some other picture. Vision must be times greater than you or me or any organization because then it has this magnitude. And uh, of course, yeah. Hopefully I'm not a talking head. I like practical algorithms. I like practical solutions. Mm. And the first, it must be very clear. Oh, you have absolutely crystal clear clarity of your vision. What is all about? It's not a, you must be very focused. And as I mentioned, vision comes when you're conscious awareness of your problem. You want to solve for the benefit of others, which is its big. Then you must grow as a leader, true visionary leader, because your vision will grow and it's huge and you must handle it. Not in a way just like solving a problem today, but it's about how to make others stronger, to manage it, to make it real. It's, you must run your vision through viability test in terms of how scalable it is, where is the stimulus for people, what kind of value for people create, why they should respond to it, who, who feels responsible. How simple is that? Because if it's too complicated, people wouldn't buy it. And uh, how relevant it's to reality today and how it would be relevant to a reality within a few years time. And of course, it's about where is the passion? Because vision is strong, not because you're visualizing it, because you're putting your heart and mind into it, your passion. You're making others the multipliers of your passion. So, and of course, you must communicate your vision well, so it's pretty influence. So you must incorporate communication as com sharing facts and sharing your vision because you are sharing emotions and stories. So by doing so, you're making others the co-owners of vision and they're co-owners because they see clearly how would they benefit from it. And of course, it's about acting because we touched this point before. Leadership is not about looking for consensus. Can you imagine a skipper who is looking for consensus? No chance. We're looking for consensus when we don't know where to go. And uh, strong leadership, it's about being firm about strong corporate culture. It's about making or enabling others with decision-making. It's about maintaining focus and will. It's about being clear about the metrics of your vision. So it's not about KPIs. Which might be important at a certain point, but it's still about being always clear, what do we promise people around us? Employees, customers, stakeholders, shareholders, all of these groups. And 
your vision should be revised and revitalized all the time because if you would, uh, wouldn't be adding a new energy to it, new meanings to it, you wouldn't be exploring it further. It will die. So you must revitalize it all the time. Therefore, it came as an algorithm, caviar, clarity of creation, ability to manage it, viability, influence, acting, and revitalizing. And I share all that uh, questionaries, models in the book, so people could physically open the book, read it, and apply it tomorrow, or create it tomorrow. Yeah, it's manual instruction. I'm happy to help, but it's quite good practical instruction. And, and, and as I say, that's, that, that is important because people need to take it. A couple of things that, and I, I think I asked you this before when we first met, I said to you, you said to me that being having a vision is, is staying in the present. Because like you said, if things change, if things come up and things need to move, you need to adjust your vision. You need to adjust it rather than completely scrap it. You need to be aware. But people, again, the conception is that, that vision is very much the future, isn't it? So what, how do we stop ourselves? How do we keep ourselves in the present without getting drawn too far into that future? You must really understand where you are with people. Because it's not about uh, making a sky blue or no, no, it should be deep blue, you know, just like it's nothing about this. It's not about selling ice cream, pleasing everyone, and it must be sold quickly because it will melt down. No. I might be, must be present, and the first thing is, which is critical, I must listen to people to learn from them, to learn about their pain points, what needs change, what needs more effort, what changes the people envision, because I can't see everything. People see everything, and I learn from them. And therefore, I must be grounded to a reality in which people live. And that is important at every stage of that vision journey. Because as soon as you are detached from it, you're lost. Can you, can you recover? If, if, if you become detached, can you recover? Yes. Or... Yeah, you can. You can. Unless you're really, really lost your way. <laughs> now, the, the, the word vision. So when we talk businesses, we talk values, we talk vision, we talk strategy, right? Is vision strategy or is vision a part of strategy or does vision complement strategy? Where, do, where does, are, are they not exclusive? Vision is my promise to people where we are going to be in the future. Strategy is a way, is a path to it, most efficient path, right? There is no point to talk about strategy to the future that we can't envision. You literally, you're building a bridge to nowhere. Yet, to achieve that great vision, you need to have a strong, good strategy. Uh, otherwise, you don't know how to get people there. Strategy is about how people will 
complete that journey. Strategy is not about what kind of resources do we need. Okay. Therefore, it's you start with vision. Then you need to envision your culture. You must have a vision for culture because it's about making people better, changing their lives, impacting their lives. And of course, then you just need to be very clear with your strategy because you will get it there. So obviously <laughs> your vision, if, if you're looking at, and again, you don't like to use time, you use energy, of course, but I mean, how, how, how vast can visions be? So can you have a vision that is very short term and can you have a very, I mean, a very long term vision or do they have to have a certain relative energy point, I suppose? I'll give you a simple example. Uh, electrical cars were invented well before Elon Musk Tesla project. Mm -hmm. But he, if, uh, he promised people that, okay, we will be using at a different level electrical cars, right? And Tesla was brought in. We could say, okay, vision is achieved. No, but actually it's triggered a huge space all those charging stations, a new understanding of uh, car service, it's triggered a lot of changes. So it still stays within that vision. But it must be achievable within a reasonable time frame, three years, five years, 10 years time. There is no point to say, oh, within 100 years, we might reach something. No, people must reap the benefits of it at every stage and as early as possible. Otherwise, they would lose that courage, enthusiasm. No, no, and, and I understand. So, so, I mean, to be fair, it is about making sure that you know what you want, but you're also an, uh, well enough in it to know that you've got the people and you're taking the people with you on that journey. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, who would join you? <laughs> you know. You, you, you're right and again you know again you you answered a little bit earlier on about it about the the the, the companies that emblazon all their posters and everything on the wall and everything and and probably misuse the vision and everything oh, so yeah. how how do they get better at that is it scrap the posters or is it live what's on the posters in the organization do you know what i mean with that From one point of view, you must communicate your vision all the time, but you have one single vision. When you look at those posters, they're often misleading. So you need to have posters repeating the same stuff. But then when you have a lot of posters, which are in contradiction with one is with another, that's you are misleading people and eventually people just ignoring them. So you must be clear. It's a very interesting sign that when you have a lot of posters, you don't know where to go. You're just trying to encourage people, motivate people. But vision is such a thing that is very inspirational. And inspiration is about showing people that they can do it beyond themselves. But when I need to put a lot of posters, it's only showing that I need to push people 
to finish that week, to finish next week, to finish another week. You know, well, it doesn't work good. It's more or less exercising their patience. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And do you think then that's they've kind of become a a way that of, of of not having the conversation actually. Like if you speak to someone about the vision of a company, they are actually probably more likely to buy in, aren't they? If they actually hear why and the passion behind it more than just this is what we do. You want people to hear this is where we're going and this is why we want you on it. So have we become lazy with the visual where we should be having it as a communication, as a conversation? Exactly. Because you see, it's very difficult to, to share your passion through those posters. You must talk you must people must feel it but again you can't be passionate to many things it's nothing like fragmented passion yeah it dilutes it doesn't it if you've got if you're trying to say we're, we're good at these six things actually yeah. or ten things if you're you, if you're passionate about that one thing you'll be probably 20 times more passionate about that one thing than you could give the time to the nine exactly other things, isn't it and when you would be talking to people, hey, I'm passionate about salmon fishing. Great. And they could share stories. They will be sharing their stories and we understand each other. But I'm saying, I, I love this and love this. And that's, I don't know what to talk about. It goes back to you saying about the football team. You know, we, we, we all support probably one football team, really. And maybe the, country, the national team. If you, and if you said, why do you support that team? You could probably give a really passionate answer about why. But if you had 10 teams, why do you support all 10? The message isn't going to be as good as it is going to be. So, exactly. you know, to get it onto a football analogy, you know, that for no. me, it, it makes perfect sense. And, and that where, so one of the most important things, where can people find out about you? Because again, you are oh. so <laughs> lovely. I could talk about pages, it's brilliant, but people can go and find you and read your work. So where, where can people find you? Uh, I'm always available on LinkedIn. <clears throat> they could go on uh, to my website, olekkonavalov.com. Uh, it has a contact form. They could join my course. They could arrange me as a client or have a quick chat if I have time. I'm happy to help. Oh, I'm happy to help people who are developing vision because it demands a lot of courage. And I love these people. <laughs> you know. And it's amazing. And so... so um, Sorry, mm -hmm. if someone was to, to kind of go, what, what kind of things do you say? Obviously, the book's important, but how can people learn from you? What did you offer stuff like that? Or, Oh, yeah, uh, I have a Ole Kanawala vision leadership course, right? Uh, I do small groups like five, six people I'm taking um, quite regularly on board and I'm just sharing all those tools. And so driving through driving lessons, how to get it done. Uh, I do coach, I do consult companies uh, across the globe on these things. They could learn about, uh, I wrote quite a few books actually, <laughs> but they could, you know, Wiley is quite good at distributing books. It's not only on Amazon, it's in, in shops across US and the UK and all other countries. So people could grab and read those things. And I do post uh, different practical articles on my blog, in different uh, magazines, business magazines. So they could learn a lot. And uh, you speak about your blog. One of the things I found on there, what I really liked was the one about not getting on the ship 
with a captain that you didn't trust. And I said to you when we met about um, about that's you know that must translate to the corporate world. So just a little question on that. Is there an opportunity if someone does, if someone is a bad skipper, a bad leader, if they can realign their vision, would you get back on their boat? No chance. I wouldn't okay. risk Oh, go it's on. Look, leadership is about making people better and they will pay you back by making you a better leader. But if you're not making people better, you're not a leader. You're just a assigned to a position. And why I should go somebody who is crucifying my effort, who is crucifying my competences, who doesn't make me better? So the, that leadership, it, they have got to be that pure. They've got to understand the people around them, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if I don't see or feel that my leader appreciates the value that I develop for customers, for team, for company, why I should commit myself. Then I will spend time from eight to five. I will be good at it. I understand. Look, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on here and talk about the vision. I'm sure people find you, as I say, on my show notes, in my description, I'll put links to get to your work and to your book and everything like that. Um, and again, you, 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 you put it so well earlier on that when you have this one-to-one -one time, people learn and listen. And that's why I love guests on the podcast to kind of talk about things that actually kind of help me understand. I, and that's the idea of the podcast. I don't have the podcast knowing everything i don't claim to know everything but actually there's some people in this world who can help you learn and i want other people to learn from from your stuff so thank you so much for coming on the podcast Richard, thank you because i love the conversation <laughs> it's about both of us learning from each other thank you have a have a great day it was an absolute honor to interview dr oleg and i urge everyone to go and have a look at his work it's um it was quite a conversation and his work is is really important for businesses I think so on next week's show I'm going to be interviewing Jackie O'Connor now Jackie is known as Mrs Jackie O on social media and and YouTube and what she wants to do is raise awareness for a disability that she has called hemiparesis and she's trying to raise awareness about things that need to be considered with this disability and raising awareness for other disabled parents to come forward to have a platform to, to talk to. So I'm delighted that that interview is going ahead and that'll be on next week on the podcast. All that's left to say today is thank you so much for listening and to get in touch with the podcast, the information will be coming right now. Goodbye and take care. To get in touch with the podcast, you can find us at insidetheorange.co.uk. You can email us at insidethisorange at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Orange Watts, Orange, W-H-A-T-S. On Instagram, Inside the Orange. On the Inside the Orange podcast Facebook page. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Richard Stevens, motivational speaker, 
and creator of the Inside the Orange. All these links will be available in the description and show notes.